The Holy Gospel according to John, the 10th chapter. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple, in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe. Because you do not belong to my sheep, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome to the fourth Sunday of Easter, which pastors affectionately call Sheep Sunday. The scripture readings are for the preacher an embarrassment of riches with the beloved 23rd Psalm and Jesus' promise that his sheep hear his voice and he knows them. When I was growing up, I had a friend named Sandy on a neighboring farm. Her family raised sheep, and our group of girlfriends always went to her farm to see the newborn lambs, which were adorable. They kept their sheep in a pasture, fenced in, and there was plenty of grass there. Now, raising sheep in Palestine is a very different matter from raising sheep in Minnesota. No flock of sheep ever grazed without its shepherd in Palestine, so the shepherd was rarely off duty. There was little grass. They weren't fenced in since they needed to travel to find green pastures. And there were a lot of places a sheep could get lost. So the shepherd needed to be constantly vigilant and also patient. And there were wild animals and thieves threatening the flock. So the shepherd needed fearless courage. Shepherd imagery is woven throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament, as we heard, God is pictured as a shepherd. For instance, in our beautiful 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And in Isaiah, the promised Messiah is tenderly pictured as a shepherd. And some of you will hear music with this one. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are young. In the New Testament, Jesus tells us that he is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. And he says to his disciples in Luke, do not fear, little flock. Those are just a few of the many sheep and shepherd readings that show us when we hear shepherd in the Bible, we're hearing about God's tender, constant vigilance and care for us. Those listening to Jesus speak would know that sheep are often kept in a sheepfold overnight. Picture a large space defined by a secure wall. If it was close to the village, 
The sheepfold would be a place where multiple flocks would be kept together overnight. Now, I might look at a flock of sheep and think they all look pretty much the same, but a good shepherd knows each one individually. In today's gospel reading, we hear Jesus say, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. H.V. Morton, a British journalist and travel writer in the last century, described a scene he saw in a sheepfold near Bethlehem. Two shepherds had sheltered their flocks in the same sheepfold overnight, and he wondered, how in the world would they ever get sorted out? Then, early in the morning, he watched as one of the shepherds went some distance away and gave his particular call, which only his sheep knew, and soon his whole flock had separated from the other sheep and run to him because they knew his voice. We need to hear our good shepherd's voice. We live in a world with a great deal of beauty and joy and love, but also with a lot of uncertainty and disconnection. COVID brought us so much isolation, and we are working on how we can come back together with each other. The war against Ukraine is simply devastating. And always in this life, we receive so many different messages about who and whose we are and what we are worth that are not helpful or true. So what does the Divine Shepherd tell us when we listen to his voice? Henry Nouwen, in his book, Life of the Beloved, offers a beautiful compilation of scripture verses about who we are before God. I'm going to read some of these, and I encourage you to take a deep breath and absorb them, just take them into your heart, because these verses describe our bedrock, our identity, our springboard for following the Lord and for everything else that we do. God says to us in the scriptures, I have called you by name from the very beginning. You are mine and I am yours. You are my beloved, on you my favor rests. I have molded you in the depths of the earth and knitted you together in your mother's womb. I look at you with infinite tenderness. I have counted every hair on your head and guided you at every step. Wherever you go, I go with you, and wherever you rest, I keep watch. You belong to me. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Nothing will ever separate us. We are one. This promise from the Lord that we are beloved, that he knows us, knows who we are, knows what we need, reminds me of a beautiful play I attended a few weeks ago called Come From Away. Has anyone seen it? A few of you have seen it. I commend it to all of you wholeheartedly. It's about what happened 
immediately after the terrorist attacks of September 11th, when American airspace was closed down and all the planes in our skies and coming to land in America were required to land, but not in the U.S. Gander, Newfoundland, in a remote area of northeast Canada, had a huge airport, which had been used for several purposes in its history, including some decades ago for refueling jets. On September 11th, it quickly mobilized and welcomed 38 jetliners that had been bound for U.S. airports. A population of less than 11,000 people opened their doors and their hearts to almost 7,000 airline passengers from different countries with different languages and religions. Gander and neighboring towns quickly organized to screen, transport, feed, clothe, and comfort their unexpected guests, scared, angry, confused people, which they called the come from aways. You may remember that Pastor Matheson told their story last summer as an echo in our time of Jesus feeding the multitudes. For security reasons, not knowing if other terrorists or bombs were on the planes, the passengers were not allowed to disembark for 28 hours. 28 hours on a plane, not even knowing why they had been grounded. Do you remember 20 years ago when we couldn't know everything instantly? They had only scattered rumors, which of course were all bad. The stories told in this play, based on careful research and hundreds of interviews and documents, show a dedication to caring for others on a truly sacred scale. One story made me weep. And I'm here to tell you that when you're in a nice theater and you're crying and you have a mask on and your glasses are fogging up, and you're trying to balance your purse on your lap and search for a Kleenex and then somehow get it over the mask but then underneath it because it's already wet and under your glasses while you're slobbering on the person in front of you, maybe, I don't know, I hope not, but, well, it's a good thing the theater was dark, that's all I'm saying. However, I've been practicing it and I'm not going to cry today. This was the scene. A group of passengers from Africa, not English speakers finally deplaned and were put on a bus in the dark and driven miles down a long gravel road thick with dark trees on both sides. Garth, the bus driver, explained it this way. Every school bus we have is going back and forth all night to get the come from aways to a place to sleep. Out at the Salvation Army camp, we've delivered passengers from Germany, England, and France. About three in the morning, my bus is designated to take the African group out there. One of those Africans named Muhumuza described it like this, translated into English. My family and I try to see out the bus windows. No one tells us where we're going. I ask the driver where he is taking us, 
but he doesn't understand me. And Garth says, finally, finally, out of the darkness, my bus arrives at the Salvation Army camp where they will be staying, where we've prepared a place for them. And a silence comes on my bus. You could hear a pin drop. Muhumuza, again in translation, my wife and daughter are scared. They ask me what's happening and I do not know. We pass through a large gate and the bus pulls to a stop. And through the windows, out there in the darkness, we see all these people coming out of the buildings. We see uniformed soldiers everywhere and the driver is opening the door. And Garth says, now, we rarely use them, but everyone has dusted off their Salvation Army uniforms to welcome these people. And he says to his passengers, here you go, out. It's time to get out now. But he sees that the man is not moving. None of them are moving. And now Garth sees how very terrified they are in the darkness, thinking something terrible is about to happen. Then, in the midst of that silence and fear, Garth notices Muhumuza's wife. He sees what she is clutching, and it's a Bible. And he's thinking, obviously I can't read it, but I can probably recognize the names of the books, and the numbering system is probably the same as ours. So I ask her if I can see it, and she gives it to me, and I am searching. I find Philippians 4, 6. I hand their Bible back to them. They receive the Bible and read in their own language the voice I am pointing to, and it says, be anxious about nothing. Be anxious about nothing. And in the hearing of those words, those sacred words from the scriptures, from God through Garth, fear is replaced with relief and strangers are recognized as friends. In the play, Garth and Muhumuza say together, and that is how we started speaking the same language. Across culture and language and tragedy and fear, they find that they belong to the same flock, to the same Good Shepherd. And they hear the Good Shepherd's voice that speaks to both of them, the voice that knows them, the voice they follow from fear to love. How are you today? Are you happy and surrounded by your dear ones? Are you sad and missing someone? Worried about the world or your life? Strong and confident? Know this. <coughs> the Good Shepherd knows you, knows who you are, knows what you need, and holds you in love today and always. Amen. <laughs>